Okay, okay, okay. Check this out. Check this out. Go to bloomyourmoney.com. That's right. Bloomyourmoney.com. Download our free ebook, Bloom Your Money Your Life, and get just get started with building your own financial warehouse of wealth and understanding how you can manage your finances in the most powerful way possible. That's bloomyourmoney.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Thomas DeShooter Business Success Coaching. Are you ready to experience your business thriving? Or maybe you're already thriving and you want a better system for managing your cash flow. The truth is, you need to be set up to win. And winning is all about the process. Being certified cash flow specialist and profit first professionals, Thomas DeShooter Business Success Coaching will put you on track to win big. Check the show notes to book your free consultation or go to thomasdeshooter.com. Whoop, 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 whoop. We're back. Bloom Living Podcast. Happy to be here. Excited, excited for uh, today's show. And, he, and here's why I'm excited because I understand the absolute value of doing breath work and meditation and finding that truth within ourselves to lead us. And so today's guest, Lauren Shellick Kafritz, is the founder of Vitality Breath. And we dive into the benefits of breath work and how that can lead us through moments of stress, moments of integration, where we're, where we're looking to integrate something that's gone on in our lives and maybe we're struggling a little bit with it. And if you're anything like me, hey, that happens on an ongoing basis where stuff comes up and there's some work to do to get myself through it. I'm gonna let you in on a little bonus alert is we actually do some live examples during this show. One of the things that Lauren is trained in is Ayurveda, which is the traditional Hindu system of medicine. And it's based on the idea of balance in bodily systems. It uses diet, herbal treatment, and yogic breathing. So let's talk a little bit about Lauren. She is an internationally known breathwork teacher, speaker, and the author of Breath Love. She facilitates breathwork for executive teams, nonprofits, governments, agencies, corporations, hospitals, and schools. And she hosts breath retreats, conferences, and workshops across the country. She's been doing this really well for a really long time. However, are you using the gift of your breath? intentionally using the gift that your breath can be. Here she is, Lauren Shellick Kafritz. Hey, Lauren. Hi, Thomas. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. I'm laughing because of our off our off camera stuff that we we're talking about. And, uh, and you know what, I'm going to dive in because I think you you kind of said as in our pre ramble, a really great place that I think we could start to have a conversation. And the reason I think it's a great place is because I fully agree with you that I think right now people are carrying around a lot of stress, a lot of angst, a lot of uncertainty. And I believe you have some tools 
and some ideas that for those that aren't already practicing this kind of work can latch onto something and begin a process for getting untriggered, you know, stopping the action. So I'm going to turn it over to you with that as a setup to how do you see that? How can people begin to start a process? So we take about 8 million breaths a year and the breath is so powerful to help us lower our cortisol and adrenaline and to help us feel better. And I think right now there's a lot of these like teeny tiny chest breathers out there that's keeping them kind of chronically anxious. And so they see news that makes them anxious that keeps the, the cycle going. Mm. And so a lot of times, do you want to play for a minute? Yeah, sure. I'm in. Okay, so put two hands on your belly and relax back in your chair. Okay. And take, we're going to take three deep breaths. And as we breathe in, the belly fills up like a balloon. And as we exhale, the balloon goes back in. And then we take a breath in. And we let it go. And one more deep breath in. And let it go with a sigh. So when you close your eyes and you feel after even three breaths, how do you feel? Well, for me, I feel relaxed. I feel a little more grounded. And I feel like I'm ready to have a calming, soothing conversation. <laughs> and I say that with all sincerity, I really felt like there's no agenda. There's no need to do anything other than just be here and stay connected. So the breath <clears throat> is like the super highway to present moment awareness. So the minute we focus on our breath and we let go, it takes us out of our busy minds and it puts us right here in the present moment. Mm. So right now, so many things are coming, it feels like coming at us, right? And that there's so many times during the day now where I drop my breath into my belly with my nose and then let it go. And then I can be with what's in front of me in a calmer way. And it doesn't mean like we're going to always be perfect at this. You know, we're going to, we're going to lose center <laughs> because someone, a therapist just told me that with all the clients they're seeing right now, it's like everyone's 10% more anxious just as a baseline. And then you add on money issues going on, family health issues going on, and just helping someone come back to their breath over and over again. It's just a way to just bring that conversation to a calmer place. Mm. Nice. When you, uh, I have a saying that I stole from a coach of mine years ago, when life is lifing us. <laughs> and that's, you know, you can get caught up in that life is lifing. And I, I want to go back a little because you said what I thought was interesting uh, off the top, you said chest breathers. Yeah. And so I know a little bit about this stuff, but not a lot. So if I were, if I were to understand that crudely, when we're 
doing this and just staying up here in our chest, is it that we're now almost, we're raising our anxiety when we do that? And that's, and, th and so when I think about that, if I'm being chased by, you know, the, <laughs> the saber tooth tiger, as so many people have said, not that they even exist anymore, that would be my body would take over and allow me to do that so that I can have that raised anxiety so I can step into that kind of action. Is so you can fight, of... fight, you know, the super saber tooth. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of times going into the parasympathetic system, right? The rest and digest system, that diaphragmatic breath is so important. And so the belly breath, the reason why I started you, which is, just focusing on your belly, so many people have trouble dropping the breath down there. They're so way up here in their throat that just giving them that. So a lot of times when I work with someone, I have them put two hands on their belly and just practice breathing their hand up and down. And when I work with little kids, I put a stuffed animal on their belly and have they give it a ride up and then a ride down. And I have parents do this with their kids before bed at night so the kids can calm their systems down and go to sleep. Right. In that rest and digest place. Right. So you, you use the term, the parasympathetic nervous system. Can you talk a little bit about that or? Sure. Like the sympathetic system, like, um, let's, let me, let me wait, let me go way back for a minute. Okay. So, we just said earlier that when you take a diaphragmatic breath, the cortisol adrenaline drop in your blood and you start to feel better, right? Putting that attention and awareness on your breath. And so a lot of things get triggered when your diaphragm goes up and down, right? When you're chest breathing, you're in fight and flight, sympathetic systems going. When you take a diaphragmatic breath, it tells your central nervous system that you're good, all's well. And then the blood chemistry changes and you start to feel better. So for me right now, like I've been on a Phoenix television station twice in the morning because on top of COVID, they have fires, they have all sorts. There's so many issues going on right now that a couple stations have had me come on in the morning and just kind of help people start off in a much calmer foundation so they can go through their day in this more optimistic, calmer, clearer, more stable space. Mm. You know, that is, that is, I guess, music to my ears in a way. The fact that you are now being invited onto a television, like <laughs> to watch somebody breathe, <laughs> like that, you know, I'm a fan of Insight Timer and I use Insight Timer every day as my, you know, go-to timer for my meditation and to track my, you know, what I'm doing. I like, I like data. So I like to track what I'm doing and how frequently, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm so uh, joyous over the fact that I'll stop a meditation and I'll see that, you know, I don't know, 8,000 people were meditating with me at the same time. And so how long have you now been doing this kind of work? So about 20 years ago, let's see. Well, my son is 20, my older son is 25. 
And before he was born, I would have a lot of anxiety and panic attacks. And what, and you know, when I went to my doctor, she gave me Valium, but the Valium couldn't bring these levels down. And so I started searching, I started doing yoga, I started doing meditation. And when I came to breath work, I had a private session and I sat up for my first session at the end and I was just like, why isn't everyone doing this? It was just like a huge wake up call because during the session, I felt a panic attack, a panic attack coming on. And my breath worker at the time was saying, you know, that's just energy. Can you relax with that energy? You know, and then I could, and then I could watch it spike. I could feel that tightness and that tingling going on inside of me. And then I could keep resting and just keep watching until it left. Mm. And then I had all this buzzing energy. Like it felt like I was on a vacation, completely calm, but yet fully energized. And from that day on, I haven't stopped. I've taken two certification trainings. I'm the national representative um, for the International Breathwork Foundation, um, a huge global breathwork entity. Um, and last year, I brought 300 people to Joshua Tree for a breathwork conference with the top breathworkers around the world and people who love breathwork. And it was just so exciting just to see the interest and um, people are waking up to the power of their breath. And then they're trying to find people who really, you know, that they're certified, they know what they're doing, they feel safe with it. And then they can go and play and, and have their own laboratory of like, well, this breath, I feel this way. And in this breath, I feel much more energized. In this breath, I feel calmer. And there's so many different types of breathing techniques, breath work, schools. You know, there's so, it's a huge field to play in. Mm -hmm. The reason I asked the question is because 20 years ago, could you have imagined <laughs> that you would be on television sharing breath i mean maybe you imagine it as a goal but in 20 years ago nobody was talking about this stuff really right i wasn't even telling people i was seeing a breath worker you know i i have my masters in journalism and was a photojournalist at the time and i literally couldn't turn my neck i had the anxiety and i couldn't turn my neck i had this powerful combo going on and breath work just completely turned it around mm. And I think, a lot, yeah, I mean, most people think, oh, well, breath work's just going to help me with my emotional, mental stuff going on. And they have no idea. Like someone came to me for a private session who has anxiety. And at the end of the session, they sat up and they're like, where did it go? And I said, where did what go? And they said, I've had a pain in my back for 30 years and it's gone. Where did it go? So it, it you know, it, it helps mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. My very first session. I felt connected to something greater than myself and I didn't, you know, I had no idea what that was or, but it was just the inkling, just the beginning of this bigger relationship that grew out of breath work. Hmm. I'm curious when you say you had this feeling, where is it in you? Where does that reside? If you were to, like if you were to pinpoint it, where, where does it feel like it's coming from? So um, 
I'm, I'm an energy being. Like when I was little, there's pictures of me. I'm always bouncing around the camera. My dad's like, you never sat still, you know? So there, all the footage of me made people carsick. So, <laughs> um, and when I was laying in that session, it was like a waterfall of energy just rushing right through me. And then I realized that, that is life force. And I am life force in a body. And it was just like a bam. It was just an understanding. Mm -hmm. I have the saying, uh, life, life wants more life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I feel. You know, when I do breath work, when I do my meditation, that's how I feel. I actually feel like I am uh, stacking on to my life more life force. And for me, I feel it mostly in my center. That's where, that's where I tend to focus is, uh, and, I, and I think I've done that because I, I can get lost up here in the old noggin, the old brain work and yeah. start overanalyzing and thinking that the solutions are in my head and they're not. Like I've come to know that the truth of who I am is actually deeper within and you know, I call those like the butterflies, like when I'm nervous, you know, to do a show like today, I have, you know, I get excited about this and there's a nervous energy within me that's always down in my center. Yeah. So I guess it's like a core waterfall, Yeah. <laughs> a central waterfall that just yeah. pours through. And I used to try to tame that waterfall. I would, it would get kinked and I'd be in, so, and I, I was kinked in my neck. Right. And when that unkinked, then the whoosh could flood through. And, and, and I never tried to stomp it down after that. Right. So at first, did it kind of scare you? Is that, is that why oh, you tried it, to? I was like, what is, whoa. Yeah. 20,000 volts going through me. What is that? But then you get hungry for it because it feels mm -hmm. so good powerful and you feel clear afterwards and you, you know, you just keep going. You want more, you want to be in that present, open flowing space. Mm. Uh, let's take it back a little again to, you know, the current state of where people are at and, you know, my, my personal, I, I love the fact that you are a, um, your masters in journalism. And, and I think people should just turn their TVs off. <laughs> like how helpful would that be? Oh of, my God. Of not watching the recycled news. Yeah. Uh, what, when you're working with somebody who's maybe not, you know, they're interested in this, but they're not so open to it. What, what's the biggest resistance that you see from, is there a common thread that people are resistant of? Is it, they're not willing to let go? Are they, are they fearful? Can you speak to that a little? Because I have a feeling there's probably a lot of people that end up in the same sort of camp of I'm not doing this right or this is voodoo stuff or you know, <laughs> something like that. Can I pick D, check uh, all the above? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, um, in February, right before COVID hit, before we knew anything, I was brought in by MedStar to work with 70 doctors, nurses, and clinicians. And um, they were tired already, you know, before COVID hit. Mm. 
And so um, I, I taught, you know, I had them stand up. Here's, we could do one fun thing. So take a deep breath in and then hold your breath. Okay. Now hum it out while you shake your whole body. <laughs> now close your eyes and feel. Wow. Right? I feel tingly. Yeah. It's a fat, like just after they did, they, they all giggled. And I did something with them called a cookie monster that I like to do with little kids. But you know, when you get into these settings, like it was a, I felt like some professor, a college professor. I walked into one of those huge auditorium settings where people are sky high all the way down low, you know, mm -hmm. a very sharp rise. And here I am down at the bottom. And I thought, all right, we got to bring some joy in. So I had them breathe their hands. You want to try one more thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm up. This is great. Yeah. Okay. If, so, and for anybody listening, if you're driving, you need to pull over. Like this, <laughs> this we don't do this while we're driving an automobile. We, no, none first. of that. None <laughs> of that. Okay, so breathe your hands up in the air. And then bring it down with the cookie monster. <laughs> <laughs> And so their smiles, all the wattage in the room just lit up. They were just giggling and laughing. They're like, what is this wild woman doing? Yeah. <laughs> and then from that space, I could start to help them with balloon breaths, which have you seen? There's been a surgeon that's been on, I think he's from England maybe, and he was trying to tell people about the COVID to take these deeper, fuller breaths. And as he's teaching it to them, he gets lightheaded. <laughs> And I thought, there's got to be an easier way. So I was teaching people how to get to a full 360 breath and by breaking it into pieces. Mm. But it's a lot easier to take a full breath in once you've laughed, you know, once you, ah, shoot, okay. once you let go of some stuff. Yeah. And then, then you can find it. Right. But so it's all... Yeah. It's almost like you got to lighten up first, right? So you you allow people to just let go of some of that angst, that judgment that they might be carrying about what this is going to be and sort of uh, become a little bit vulnerable in the silliness, right? Like like so it breaks down a barrier, it puts them in a different space because there's some laughter, some joy, and then they're able to participate. A hundred percent because they're out of their heads. They're in their bodies. Right. Um, I think, well, if people are driving, you can't do this either. But if you're sitting somewhere, um, take two fingers and place it on your wrist. Doesn't matter which hand? Nope. Okay. And what you're going to do is a slow nose breath in, and you bring your fingertips up to the crook of your arm. Okay. And when you get there, exhale it back down. And then one more time, but really feel your fingertips. And exhale back down. Did that calm you? Yeah, I wanted to fall forward.
Yeah. So I had someone stop me on the street the other day and she just said, I went to a pulmonologist and they got me very scared because they said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I said, let me show you how you can breathe. <laughs> and in the middle of the street, we did this. And she took a beautiful, long, slow in and a long, slow out. She's like, I can breathe. <laughs> and it's because she was probably so nervous for the doctor's appointment. She had that tiny, teeny chest breath we were talking about. And I dropped her into her body where she had to pay attention and feel. And then her breath showed up. Mm. So a lot of times just going up and down our arm gets us out of our head, keeps us present where everything's okay. Right. Right. Because right now, you know, here in the U S we've had six months going into seven of quarantine and, you know, maybe we go out and see people, but there's a lot, it's like a little pressure cooker going on. Yeah. And so sometimes we lose it or sometimes we're not at our best. And we can actually, sometimes, sometimes we can just move our hand up and down our arm with our breath and just lower the stress and then move forward from there. Hmm. The biggest thing I think right now is just so people if you fall off, right? If you, you make mistakes, you say something that feels not good, that you, that you give yourself forgiveness, you give yourself permission to mess up right now, and then you give yourself some self-care until you're back in that alignment again. And breath work is my way over and over again. So it keeps me in alignment or it helps me find it again when I've left it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you said something really, really important. Not that, not that everything else you said wasn't important. Let me preface that. However, <laughs> the idea of self-care, the idea of self-love, and the big one for me was forgiveness. Getting to the place of forgiving ourselves and forgiving others and I was having a conversation this morning with my wife about the word perfect. <laughs> and I think it's interesting that people associate perfect with the idea that everything turned out the way they wanted it to. And my idea of perfect is that the universe unfolds perfectly. Like all of the ingredients that were put into whatever I'm doing is there. And it can only unfold perfectly based on what is in there. Not my idea of what it should look like. Yeah. And so this idea of perfection to me is interesting because I think everything is perfect, but I don't associate the word perfect with good. Whereas most people associate the word perfect with that it turned out good and not bad. And yet, you know, I had a business fail. It failed perfectly. <laughs> How do I know that? Because it failed. It actually. And so am I happy? No. It's like, was that a great victory in that moment? Absolutely not. However, when I think back now, the lessons I needed to learn, the things I didn't know, the way that things were going to happen, were all part of the stew and it could only unfold the way it did. It was part of the ride. 
Yeah. Um, so yesterday I took a hike along, I live near the Potomac River, and there's this area you can sit and watch the professional kayakers, like some Olympians practice there, and, um, and just regular people like us, you know, can just go. So The, non- the non-Olympians. The non-Olympians, because it has <laughs> the poles there, and it's rushing water, and yeah. so I sat on a rock, and I watched this one woman. I just didn't know who was going to be there, and I just wanted to sit there, and this one woman kept trying. I was sitting by one poles one and two, and it's very hard to get up to where I am. So she was coming upstream and she could only hit pole three. She kept trying, like she failed so many times more than she succeeded. But that failure strengthened her, her muscles so that she could succeed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the breath, it's the same thing. It's, you know, like, Everyone's like, well, is my breath perfect? You know, am I, is this a full diaphragmatic breath? How am I doing? You know, how? And I'm always like, your breath is perfect as it is. That's how it is today. And we always have room for growth. And so if we, like you, if we don't look for the perfect ride or, you know, we just look for the ride because it's all perfect, <laughs> mm-hmm. then we're not afraid to keep putting ourselves out there over and over again. Yeah. Curious, do you have, this is something I get asked frequently, is how do you, when you're on it, and by on it, I mean, you're, you know, you're triggered, something's happened, you're just in the mess of it. Do you have, like, is there something that you can, that, um, that pipes up, that stops the action for you? Is there a way, like, do you have a, do you have a warning sign that you know is like, oh, oh, I'm going here, and then you're able to take a moment? Have you? Is it is it a training thing? Is it something that you've had to practice? I'm just curious how it is for somebody else because I get asked this a lot, and it's like I don't really know how to put it in words. Okay, so he, here's my thing. Remember, we're never always going to be able to do it, and yet more times than not, it's possible to. Okay. So emotions are just energy in motion i'm sure you've heard people say that before yeah so we have we by practicing breath work for me it helped me become much more of an emotional master it takes a lot for me to get fully triggered so think of something this past week that got you a little bit frustrated or angry not don't pick something too big okay And then what I want you to do is close your eyes and I want you to take a couple breaths, you know, that that slow connected in and out through the nose or mouth right now. And allow that situation to come up in your head. And when you've got that situation, Notice how it feels in your body. Like I want like Mad Lib descriptor words. Uh, it feels uh, tense. Okay. It, it feels uh, a little, I want to say discomfortable, but that's not the right word, but there's discomfort, uh, especially in my shoulders and neck. Like I want to, I want to start to tense up, right? And so tense is tense, tight or loose. 
it's tight. Is it hot or cold? Uh, it's hot, I think. Yeah. Because so far we've got hot and tight. Yeah. Some people, like for me, it, I feel wiry, hot, and tight. Those are my words. The okay. minute the sensations of hot, wiry, and tight happen, it's like a little bell goes off my head and it says, take a breath. Ah, and so I just want to stop right there for a second. So what you've done is you've associated what happens when you're triggered. Yes. You've, you've, you've dialed into, these are the feelings, the way my body reacts, the way my brain starts to think, this is what happens. And so, and then the bell goes off and so then continue. So, and then when the bell goes off, that tells you to take a breath. Slow in through the nose, slow out through the nose. It's like you're raking your fingertips through sand. One direction with the inhale, mm -hmm. let your fingertips go through the sand with the exhale the other direction. Until you can then respond instead of react to what's in front of you. Right. Right. And then you've trained yourself to recognize this. Yes. So for me, with my kids and my husband, it's, you know, the closer someone is to you, your nuclear family, your father, mother, siblings, have kind of a super highway to your nervous system. To push your button. <laughs> That's right. They know how to go right in. But the more work you do on this, it instead of it feeling like a full-on ding-dong of the doorbell going off, it feels more like a soft buzz. And then it can feel like a softer buzz. Right. But if you if you're really junked up, right? You've had your you've got a family member not well and you've got this happening, that happening, and a parent says some things they're going to be able to trigger you faster. So I always say those that trigger our, us faster are our teachers to tell us, oh, you know, I need to do some more work on myself. I need, I need a time out. I need some self-care. Mm. I need some water. I need to walk. I, have, I, I wrote a book called Breath Love, and in the book I have something called my emergency toolkit. There are four things to do when something super stressful happens. First one is drop into your breath. So you can put a hand on your belly and breathe in and out into your belly about 10 times. The second thing is drink water, 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 water. Every bar should have water. You, you should drink. It almost should be a rule to drink two glasses of water before you have any alcohol because when you're stressed out, the water is going to help you more than the alcohol. Then have a nice drink, you know, like water hydrates, it moves emotion just like breath does. The third thing is move your body. Like I have people that are, um, you know, high, high in their companies, CEOs of companies. And um, they're like, well, how am I going to move my body in my office? I'm like, do you have a wall? And they're like, yes. I'm like, well, do some wall pushups, get down on the ground, do floor pushups. I don't care. Walk out of your building and go around the block and feel the wind on your face, you know? And then the fourth thing is be in nature. Like when you go and take a walk near woods or through a park, 
and you see the color green, it affects you in a very positive way. And when you smell flowers, like yesterday, there's these incredible honeysuckles that were in full bloom. And as I walked, I just kept getting hit by this delicious mm. scent. Mm -hmm. These are things that can help you come back to center. To ground you. Mm. Bring you back to earth, so to speak. So here's what came up for me when you said the, um, the drinking of water. I had this thinking like, wow, you know, we can go a long time without food. But we can't go very long without breath. And we can't go very long without water. And I saw in that moment that you said that, that the number one way to get out of stress, to get out of that is breath. And then, and why? Because breath is like, we need that. Like, it's like the most immediate thing. If we don't get that breath, we're done. But then water is next in line. And it's interesting to me in that moment, I saw how those two things help us. Affect every organ in our body. Yeah. Like, wow. That's, thank you for that. That, that my, you know, I had many takeaways today, but that is a huge takeaway for me right now is just realizing, you know, that those two things are things that we need desperately in order to survive. And they're, they're cures for when we're out of our minds. <laughs> yeah. And they're immune boosting, which we need right now too, right? You just, but we're not supposed to say that. We're not, there's, that's against the rules. You can't <laughs> use those words together. That's, isn't that, <laughs> sorry, I had to go there. I, it's the dark side of me as the, you know, has to show up once in a while. I was a, I was a uh -huh. musician for years. So sarcasm is, you know, <laughs> just has to, it has to be present. But yeah, I know I had somebody on my show recently who uh, emailed us after uh, like a week ago and said their YouTube channel was taken down because they had indicated they broke community standards by saying vitamin C is an immune booster. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. The world is crazy right now. It's, it's funny in a way. It's perfect. If you ask so, me, it's... so we have a system here like a car. Let's just yeah. put it this way: we have a system like a car, so we don't get anyone into any trouble. Okay. What we put into this car, like if you put jet, you know, watered down gasoline into your car, you're going to have trouble with your car, right? What we put into our car, water into our system, is is hydrating. It's nourishing. We've got cells that need to be fed. So when we put fruits and veggies and some deeper, slower breaths in and um, we, we walk around and, and, you know, they say that people, in, these are scientific studies. You have a hospital bed that sees green trees. You, you heal faster than someone in a cinder block room without that window, without that tree. Right. So these are just like basics, right? Yeah. yeah. So vitamin D, you know, if we spend more time outside, we're going to get it naturally. But right now, if we want to boost our immune system, I'm not going to say take vitamin D, but you could. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, you know what? So that, and again, as you spoke about water, what I began to think of something that dries up, what does it do when it dries up? It constricts, it becomes tense, it tightens, it's you know, it's that idea of evaporating. So by feeding yourself water, by feeding yourself breath, you're expanding, you're moisturizing, 
you're creating an element of uh, and feeding our souls in a way. So the thing is, we have this toolkit of ways to to unstress, right? To de-stress, and you know. If every tool in the toolkit doesn't work, then call a friend, get a hug, you know, like whatever it is. But I very rarely, you know, I've had clients call me and say, I'm, I'm in an emergency situation and I've learned to say, have you done the four things in the toolkit? And 90% of the people who call me have not. Hmm. And then about 15 minutes later, I will get a text message from them after they've done all four and they're like, I'm feeling much better. Thank you. And there's no call needed. Mm -hmm. So water movement, breath, nature, we're lucky we got them. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been with us since the beginning. <laughs> way, way longer than anything else we've created in this day and age. Those four things have been a part of who we are from day one that's beautiful uh how can people maybe before we go there what what do you do most now in your day-to-day -day? do you work with organizations do you work with individuals what what is the thing that you do most in in the idea of spreading breath work so at the moment um it's like a full-on in all directions, you know, triage time. Mm. I'm still seeing clients one-on-one. -on -one. I am every Monday night, even Labor Day, you know, I, I show up on the mindfulnesscenter.org has online classes now. So I've had people from London join in and California and Portland and Wisconsin. And so every Monday night, um, it's people join in around 7.10. It starts at 7.15. I take people through an hour and 15 minute experience. And it's just so powerful to see the before and after when people mm -hmm. do that. Um, I was taking people to Sedona in October, but instead I'm doing it in April. You know, we could all use a little revitalization at this point. So going to Sedona, that, which has beautiful energy, which I'm sure you know, and bringing in breath and sound healing and all of that to help us all kind of get clear this it clear and rejuvenate and all of that and then in october next year i'm taking people on an eight-day immersion which is an incredibly powerful cleanse of sadness anxiety frustration like helping us get to that what you were talking about that center core connection and then starting in 22 i'm gonna start teaching people to be breath workers because we just need more of us out there. Mm -hmm. It's such a powerful modality and not enough of us out there yet. So um, it's made, but you could go to international uh, IBF, ibfbreathwork.org um, is the uh, national organization where you can find a breath worker in your area. Um, my website right now is breathlove.com. And uh, within two weeks, it will be vitalitybreath.life. But at this moment, it's breathlove.com. Um, my book, Breath Love, is Barnes & Noble and Target and Walmart, anywhere. It's all over right now. So um, 
there's and corporations, you know, I've, I've done two hospital. I did John Hopkins hospital, you know, through suburban hospital recently, it was an in-person event and became an online event. Um, so I'm just, I'm companies, hospitals. I've worked with schools. I just literally last week did the presidential scholar, all the presidential scholar winners. Um, it's like, a, it was like 126 students that won a scholarship, you know, the presidential scholarship. And um, these are our future leaders. And now they know about breath work. So yeah. that just made me so happy. That's, that's awesome. When we, uh, when we came into 2020, did you think you'd be this busy? No, <laughs> this is my summer. I didn't even go to the beach this year. <laughs> I just, it, I, my husband just keeps laughing because I'm, I, you know, every time I think it's going to have a little bit of a lull and I'm like, oh, maybe we should go away. It just cranks back up again. So hopefully in two weeks, we're going to go away for a short period. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. I would never have predicted this. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank goodness you are doing the work you're doing. Um, you too. I mean, look at all these people that you're, you're spreading this information and light and joy to. Thank you. Yeah. We've been speaking with Lauren Shellick Kafritz. Thank you for doing the work you're doing and for coming on the show today. It's, uh, it's been a great pleasure for me to speak with you, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me, Thomas. And thanks so much to you for joining in and listening to today's show. This is the Bloom Living Podcast. We hope you have yourself an amazing day. We look forward to having you join in again or maybe go back and listen to some of our previous episodes. And if you're so inclined, give us a shout out, give us a thumbs up, share it on social media. We'd really appreciate that. All the best. Stay blessed. Namaste. Namaste.